Welcome to the College Counseling Podcast, the podcast about counseling students on the college admissions process. I'm Sam Pritchard, and today my guest is Maureen Drown, school counselor at Hinsdale Central High School in Hinsdale, Illinois. Maureen has great information both on college counseling and on work her school is doing with social and emotional learning, or SEL. Maureen and I co-presented on SEL at a recent conference hosted by the Illinois Association for College Admissions Counseling. I also want to make sure you're aware of our Counselor Hub, where you'll find resources, free events, and everything Kaplan has to offer to counselors. You can find it at capdesk.com counselors. Now, on to my conversation with Maureen. All right, well, Maureen, thanks so much for, for joining me. Looking forward to, to learning a little bit more about your journey and uh, your, your expertise um, in, in counseling. So uh, how are you doing today? I'm good, Sam. Uh, thanks for having me and chatting with me. I'm happy to talk. Absolutely. Um, well, can you first tell us a little bit more about your, your journey into counseling? How did you come to be a, a school counselor? Yeah, that's a great question. So I actually started out as a teacher. Um, I come from a family of educators, so both of my parents were in education. I'm not sure. That probably played somewhat of a role, but I definitely found education on my own. Um, like helping students and working with families. Um, but I wanted to try the teaching route first. I was an English major and um, see if I like the classroom setting. Um, but while I was in the classroom, I realized that really what I like to focus on was the whole student and their development rather than being that expert in English. Um, and also kind of learn that teaching, you're doing a lot of supporting of students at the same time. Teachers wear a lot of hats. So I wanted to wear the hat more of the counselor and get to know the student um, as a whole in their whole high school experience for all four years and that what that's what made me go back to school um, and then go into the counseling realm. Great and so as you made that transition was it what you expected did you you know I guess as a teacher you saw the counselors and what you imagined their work to be and how was it when you were starting out was it what you would have expected? Yeah, I mean, we, we don't follow the myth of just drinking coffee in our office. <laughs> so I learned that I am like always thinking on my feet as a counselor. So I think that's something um, from the outside looking in at counselors is like, I almost think of it like a duck on top of the water. Like they look like they're calm and things are, but underneath you're paddling very fast and doing a lot of things at once and multitasking. So you definitely do that as a teacher, but I think as a counselor, there's just all these different facets. Um, so that was kind of new to me, um, and I, I really liked it. I think it uh, fit my personality a little bit better in terms of the one-on-one -on -one and group setting, small group settings versus like the large classroom and the classroom management, because classroom management was always a little bit of a challenge, but um, has definitely helped me with group settings with uh, teenagers now for counseling. <laughs> That's great. Mm -hmm. yeah, it's, it's something I've gotten a greater appreciation for as I've visited counselors uh, in their offices and always try to remind myself the kinds of things they may be trying to work with students on you know could be uh, far far more weighty than talking about testing talking about preparation and I try to try to keep that perspective but yeah I have great great respect for the work that, that counselors do and the fact that that students have counselors to go to for for whatever whatever they may be going through yeah what do you think has surprised you about the work that you've that you've done with students as a counselor? Yeah, I mean, I think the, the one of the biggest things I've learned is um, the importance of the relationship with the student, um, and that kind of goes into student buy-in. I think I've learned working with students 
Um, and in the high school setting I'm in, we work a lot with the whole family as well. So parents are very involved, but especially with the student, it's building that relationship, that trust, um, that comfortability level, because if they don't have buy-in, um, like some things can change, but not a lot. So I have learned that you can't really make anyone change, um, especially if they don't want to. So that was always a learning experience for me. You may have one vision for them, um, but you've got to meet the student where they're at um, and gain that trust and that buy-in. That's great. Yeah. It's similar to what um, another, another guest had said, um, that the importance of, of that trust, because to an extent, I guess, there's some opt-in nature to this, where if, a student decides this counselor is not someone that I'm, you know, I want to invite into this situation I'm in, then they're not going to in, in most cases. And so, but if that relationship's there, um, you know, and that student, that's the first thing where they say, oh, I need to talk to Ms. Drown about this. Like if that's, if that's the relationship that's built, it's such a service to the student and I imagine makes, makes your job so much easier. It does. And I think, um, you know, and students will kind of, come forth when they're ready. So I've also learned that too, like you may have a feeling of how you'd like things to go, but really it's um, kind of like I said, meeting the student where they're at. Like they can surprise you, you know, when you maybe think it's gonna go one way or the other, but you know, there's always different types of situations and I'm always learning. So, yeah. Mm -hmm. Great. So let's talk about the, the college counseling side of your, of your job. So as you're working with students, um, what do you think are some of the most important parts of effective college counseling? Um, yeah, so with the effective college counseling, I would say, um, again, it kind of comes back to what I said earlier with getting to know the whole student. And where I work right now, I love the model that we work with 9 through 12. And there's all different types of counseling models that I won't go too much into, but um, I've seen a couple different ones. And I've been fortunate to work in schools where I get to know the kids 9 through 12. And I really think that makes a difference in the college counseling realm because you've known them and for that undergraduate experience. So when they get to that upperclassmen time and they're really looking at those post high school plans, you have an idea of more than just the schools they're looking at, like who they are as a person and finding that like good fit with the school. Um, Cause I like to start with the student first and what are you looking at? And then, okay, we can look at more GPA test score data, all that, but let's start with you as a person. Um, so I think that really goes into effective college counseling um, and also knowledge is power. You know, the more that counselors can be equipped with knowledge and constantly be collaborating together, um, learning about the new trends in admissions, how to best help students and provide access, um, that is, that's really important because it's ever changing. Um, so how to keep up to date for students and families. Great. You hear a lot about the idea of fit now and I think it makes, mm -hmm. it makes a lot of sense um, but it also can be a big term. Can I'm just interested in your thoughts on what that would mean for a particular student? What is what is a good fit? A student, it's a couple of colleges. Maybe I could imagine myself at any of these schools that they, they think at the end of the trip. How does a student know where they will and, and won't fit? Right. I think that's a great point you bring up because I even talk about that with my students. Like we actually just finished junior meetings. We meet with each junior and their families. Um, and I start with fit, but I also kind of make the joke a little bit like it's this buzzword you hear, but what does it really mean? And we like to use it a lot in colleges and in high school. And it's like, what is that? So the way I break it down is like three categories, personal fit. So that's them asking the questions of like, how far away do I want to be from home, size of the school, 
Um, I, you know, uh, then I talk about academic fit, like what might you want to study? Are you undecided? Which is majority of students. Um, and then talking about finding schools that will help them, you know, kind of discover that um, or what that means to apply direct entry. And then the last phase is like financial fit. Um, so we really try to emphasize that as well on the front end to do that homework because that's a big factor um, in the final decision, but trying to get some information on that front end so they're not surprised by the finances. So that's how I try to break it down. Um, with the personal fit, I almost use the metaphor of like buying a house, like what are at the top of your list? <laughs> and then what are some of the things that you're okay one way or the other if the school has it? So letting them know they don't have to have an answer to all of them, but just like what's at the top for you? And then let that guide your search. Like if you only wanna be away from home for four hour radius, well right there, you can start to narrow down your research, um, you know, with your schools. That's helpful. I think it brings a lot more specifics to to this idea of oh, I'll be fine. I'll just find where I fit, and everything will be will be fine. But um, looking at it through those specific components, I think is is helpful. Yeah, and we try to help students realize like there's a lot of schools out there that you can be successful at. I think I try to sort of debunk that myth of like the college soulmate. You know, letting them know like you know just use that idea to help you sort of narrow your research of where you want to look and then apply there's so many options but that you know you will be very successful at at many of the ones that you choose to apply to yeah i like that i like that phrase the college soulmate i do think that yeah. <laughs> generate a lot of stress if that's yes. the attitude not only do i have to figure out what my college soulmate would be but i have to see if they think i'm their student soulmate and and get in um, yeah but yeah i think that's a good good perspective mm -hmm. Is there someone who's who's work in the college admissions world um, you you really respect um, as you've learned more about that side of, of counseling? Yeah, that, that's a tough question because there's so many people I can think of, but I think one that like came to mind with that question is um, an old colleague of mine, Amy Thompson, and she's actually now the president elect of IACAC, so our kind of local chapter of IACAC here in Illinois. Um, but she just, she's, she was a phenomenal colleague, it still is, you know, through collaboration as college counselors, but she just really um, is very enthusiastic about the profession, very collaborative, um, and also just really believes in access for all students across all areas, um, and is very knowledgeable and was always up to date on the new trends. So I knew she was kind of like my go-to person <laughs> that I could go to for questions, still is, um, and I just really admire so That's great. shout out for Amy. <laughs> I've got an appreciation for how collaborative and how, how much of a community the college admissions world is mm -hmm. uh, often because for some people in some schools, they're the only counselor uh, at their school in some cases or mm -hmm. someone that's leading a department for the first time. You've, yeah. you've got people you're leading, but sometimes you need someone that you can look to when you don't have the answers to. So um, mm -hmm. I think that's great. Yeah. As, as you've worked with students and parents related to their college admissions journey, what are some of the things that it's most important for them to know as they're, as they're starting out, say it's the, the oldest child and the, the frame of reference is the parents when they went to, when they went to college 30 years ago or something. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And I think, so kind of coming back to what we were said about effective college counseling, I mean, when we do, um, at least at the school I'm at, we do a lot of joint conversations with parents and students. Our parents are involved in a lot of those conversations, want to be 
um, have the ability, I think, to be involved. Um, so I think uh, I, I go with that idea of fit too, you know, that I, again, like with the students, but with the parents as well, that there are a lot of options. Um, kind of trying to share with them that you don't have to make the process super complicated. I mean, I think some of our parents share that um, it is different from when they applied, and it is. There, there seems to be a lot more, but we try to simplify that down and um, share that idea of fit so that they know they can kind of narrow it down with what they're looking for, um, and it doesn't have to be that overwhelming. Um, and also continuing kind of to debunk that myth of the college soulmate or that like there are so many fantastic options out there, I call them hidden gems, like to try to look outside maybe the list of the rankings in US World and News Report, um, even though those are fantastic schools as well, but that there's so many hidden gems out there. So kind of finding the one that, that works best for their student. Yeah, that's good. Very good. Are there mistakes that you see parents and students making often, maybe disregarding your, your advice or, um, is it, it maybe it's that college soulmate concept but what, what would you say yeah i think we tried to so you know outside of the personal fit we also try to talk about you know with an academic fit like the admissions trends um and that's where we use different you know databases like naviance and things of like that to show them like the average gpa or test score um and i think sometimes we find that um we, we want families to make sure they have a variety of admissibility on their list. So maybe some reach schools and some targets and some favorables, but not just kind of going all in one round with either all reaches or all favorables. And I think, you know, we share that information, but sometimes we see maybe not a totally balanced list. So trying to reiterate that with uh, parents and students, the importance of that great. with final right. decisions. So mm -hmm. I think it's great advice. Mm -hmm. um, can you talk a little bit about the need for social and emotional learning that you've seen? Uh, you and I are, are presenting, and maybe by mm -hmm. the time people are listening to this, we have presented at the IACAC <laughs> conference um, yeah. in, in Illinois. Uh, can you talk a little bit about what you've what you've seen with your students uh, and their the need? And uh, I guess we'll just start with what you've observed with their need. Yeah, I mean, social emotional learning it it's you know, so important. It's kind of like the essence of what we do as counselors. But what I've seen more so is it even branching out into the entire school um, and really kind of entire communities. So that that is exciting. Um, I think it's very important. I mean, with the students I work with in particular, um, just balance. Like we are always trying to emphasize that um, importance of balance with academics, with extracurriculars, um, with some downtime at night. And I think that is a challenge we see with our students sometimes to find that balance you know kind of that okay I need all of these things to prepare for my future but you know what is the right balance so that you aren't overly tired or grades are going down not in the direction you want so that's a big thing we see with social emotional learning SEL trying to promote that idea of balance in our department but also school-wide it's been a big um, message across the board um, and there's been a big um, movement at our school in the past three years that um, getting staff um, and students on board with social emotional learning, um, having them do like mindfulness meta moments in the classroom and teachers incorporating it into their lessons. Um, and every freshman um, learns kind of a curriculum of social emotional learning in their PE classes like once a month um, about how to recognize emotions 
said goals. Um, and that's something that's going around school-wide right now. So it's very exciting. It's something I've been trying to learn more about uh, lately as well. And um, I think the, the organization CASEL, C-A-S-E-L, um, I guess mm -hmm. CASEL.org, has been helpful to me in breaking it down into the components of self-awareness, self-management, social awareness, relationship skills, and responsible decision-making. I feel like yeah. with those, when I hear those components, I, I understand more, more what it is. I also heard recently someone talk about how there's been a shift where social emotional learning had been in the domain of an intervention when something had gone wrong. So mm -hmm. there was there was a fight. And so now let's talk about effective conflict resolution with those who were fighting, where it's shifting more to a preventive and equipping skills, equipping all students with with even better skills to prevent these these needs for intervention, whether it's whether it's a fight, whether it's some student making a, a, a regrettable choice from in a, in a moment of extreme stress. Um, and that, that does seem uh, really productive. I find it super exciting because it's like something that we do as counselors every day, but now it's, like you said, it's that idea of like the preventative, like trying to, you know, teach kids the skills to equip them when those things do happen, right? Like your fight example, um, maybe how they could step back from that and maybe prevent, you know, one scenario versus the other if they have those life skills already. Um, or when they come across stresses in their life, which I kind of tell students like stress is inevitable. <laughs> you don't want too much of it, but to avoid it completely, I don't know if that's really possible. So how can you equip yourself, you know, with some of the social emotional learning on the front end to be able to feel confident to handle um, some of those situations when they, when they occur. Um, so that's what I think is really exciting about that kind of getting in the forefront of it rather than like you said, being reactive later. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting too, the, the emphasis that of getting the adults uh, on board with, with some of this as well. It, it often, yeah. the initiative begins with, we want to help these kids, we want to help the students, we want to equip them. But often a precursor to that has to be, well, let's pause for a second and make sure that, that we ourselves take a look at how, you know, the teachers, the administration, the counselors, um, are doing self-management. What is what is our level of self-awareness? Um, for myself, um, I learned more about a, a certain growth mindset course that Kaplan has been developing. And um, for me, I, I feel like I've embraced growth mindset. Yeah, I don't have a mindset of a growth mindset. That's that's the way to go. But even in the course, this concept of the natural they brought up that we th we see people that are achieving some extraordinary performance and we just think oh he's a natural she's a natural um you know and i think in the course they confronted this idea of mozart wolfgang amadeus mozart the composer that he was a natural and they show the course shows you know the drafts all the work that he had to put in and how even for him, that it wasn't just he he woke up and was this fantastic composer, but but he had to work, he had to grow, and I I I kind of caught myself like thinking, well, no way. Well, yeah, I'm on board with growth mindset, but no, Mozart, he's a he's a natural, right? But it really kind of confronted it, and uh, I think it's I think it is productive for the 
for, for adults, for the leaders to think, to use it as an opportunity for self-discovery as well, even as we're trying to help equip uh, students for it. So it's yeah, a I, journey for me too. 100% agree. I mean, if anything, working with high school students, what I've learned as a teacher and as a counselor, like they appreciate authenticity. So if we're modeling, you know, what we would like to see from them, um, that goes a long way, right? Like if we're asking them to do something that we wouldn't do ourselves, the buy-in um, doesn't, doesn't happen um, as well, I would say. Um, and so, yeah, it's, if we're going to say that, then we should, we should be doing that as well. So that's kind of that whole, whole concept. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. <clears throat> um, I like to shift gears a little bit and just talk about testing. And I'm mm -hmm. curious how you see students and, and parents as well in, uh, in your school approaching testing, college admissions testing, especially. Yeah, I would definitely say in our community, um, they are very aware of the testing, very focused on it. Um, I think with kind of the SEL theme we've been talking about transitioning, we try to obviously explain the facts and obviously it's an important piece of the application, but try to bring down maybe some of the anxious feelings students might have about that. I'm trying to teach them that if they prepare, you know, go in with a calm, positive mindset that they will you know, um, do quite well. And I think, you know, they're getting very good content in their classes. So we try to share that with them, that that naturally helps. Um, and we do have a good amount of families that um, look towards test prep, kind of wanting to get that practice for their student, um, learn some strategies. Um, so we definitely, um, you know, talk about that with them and that's something they, they tend to take advantage of. But we try to share with families just not to test too early um you know kind of trying to explain that it is sort of designed for the junior year those tests um and kind of trying to help them feel like they don't have to you know, go forward with that too too much sooner than they're designed to be for the students that's great for for a family that's looking for specific guidance if they're mm -hmm. saying okay so what should i do you know what are the what guidance would you give me related to to testing related to choosing from a, among the options of, of getting prepared for test day. How would you, how do you recommend, um, what course of yeah. action do you recommend to that family? Yeah, I think, um, you know, we, we tell them, you know, there's two different types of tests now. So I think we always get the question a lot of like, which one should we take? You know, which ones do schools use? And now, you know, schools will take either score. So we really try to share that with them because um, sometimes just the different acronyms and it can be tough to know which one. Um, and that sharing that they're pretty similar. So if students are, you know, prepping in one that they should be pretty good with the other. So sharing the different resources with them. Mm -hmm. Great. Yeah. Well, good. Well, I appreciate so much that uh, you've taken the time uh, to, to speak with me. And uh, it's been, been a pleasure to, to learn a little more about your journey and, uh, and the work that, you, that you're doing with students. Well, thanks so much, Sam. And uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to our presentation at uh, IAC uh, next week. All right, that's all for today. I really enjoyed this conversation with Maureen and I wanna thank her for joining me for today's episode. If you enjoyed listening to it, please subscribe to the College Counseling Podcast. Also be sure to bookmark our counselor hub at captest.com slash counselors for great resources for you and your students. If you wanna get in touch with me, you can reach me at samuel.pritchard at kaplan.com or on Twitter at Sam Pritchard EDU. Thank you for listening.